I feel like I'm constantly changing and to be okay with that because I think some people they feel like okay it's all over because I'm not doing what I had initially wanted to do or I'm a failure because I'm not initially doing what I had planned to do you're not a failure you just need to pivot make change it up a little and it's okay to do that it's okay and if it did fail what did you learn from it and move from that Welcome, friends. You're listening to The Hook with Sarah Larson, a podcast that's curious about the meaning of disruption and how it affects our personal lives, our careers, and the people around us. I'm your host, Sarah Larson, a business coach and serial entrepreneur, but also someone with a thirst for conversation. Being an entrepreneur can be a bit lonely, especially when faced with the inevitable challenges that come with the title. This is an opportunity to feel as if you're part of the conversation and leave knowing you're not alone, because others have faced similar challenges, and you can learn from their mistakes and successes. I hope you'll find as much inspiration from my guests as I have. Grab your favorite beverage, and let's begin. Welcome, friends, to The Hook with Sarah Larson. I'm your host, Sarah Larson, and my guest today is Angeline Peterman, owner of Dots and Dust, and I can't wait for you to hear our conversation today. Angeline, could you give us a little introduction yeah. of what it is that you do? I'm honored. So I am Angeline Peterman. I own and have founded Dots and Dust, which is a creative business. I started that in March of 2018, and we're just really passionate about helping inspire, educate, and equip women to just dive in and tap into their creative spirit and their creative gifts. And so we want to help women do that more regularly. So we provide handmade watercolor paints that I make by hand and sell in the shop. And we also, which I'm really passionate about, is teaching. So we have art workshops that are in person, online, on watercolor and modern calligraphy that's coming in March. So I'm really, really excited for that. But we just, we love being able to help women either reawaken a creative gift that maybe they just maybe abandon when they were younger or just to maybe discover it. Because I'm a very firm believer that everybody's creative and they're able to do it. So... Well, it's interesting that you said that, that everybody is creative because a couple of years ago, I probably would have disagreed, at least when it came to myself. Right. And I took a flower decor. Yeah, a floral arrangement. Floral arranging class. Yes, Yes, thank you for finding those words for me. The the class was so fun and I thought, oh, it's just something to do. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think that I had a knack for it at all. And I found it to be really fun and then just over the past couple of years have spent a little more time investigating mm-hmm. those creative the creative side of myself and realizing oh I actually have a lot of creativity yeah. and I do think that everybody does yes. we just don't call it creativity if it's not what we think of as art right maybe people associate creativity more with creating paintings and drawings and sculpture or something right. like that and we try to, like I try to teach my students that it's really important to just explore that journey, that it doesn't have to be, you know, something like a Monet piece or it's just yeah. the, the benefits of using that right side of your brain can help with things like memory, stress relief, and bringing more calm into more regularly, bringing that calm and just, it's just a lot of fun. So I always yeah. just tell everybody, just enjoy that journey. Right. Don't worry about what it looks like. I have so many pieces of paper and watercolor paper up in the studio that is just random sketches and marks, but that's just me going in and making it a priority because it does help bring a lot more calm in such a chaotic world that we live in right now. So yes. I think it's just something that anybody can benefit in. And plus it gets you away <laughs> as a yeah. woman. You know, we wear so many different hats and and we have so much asked of us. And to get away and to see these women come into a workshop and they're spending two hours away from family just to kind of focus on themselves yes. and just to breathe. Um, it's really, really cool to see, especially total strangers who don't know each other. And then all of a sudden they're talking about their lives and you hear them as they're yeah. painting. And that's just, it's that connection I think we are craving right now. So I yes. think it's really cool. 
I do too. I, <laughs> I, and I loved it when you described to me once, a, a, like, it's less about learning how to paint right. in watercolor than it is about that getaway. Yes. And just taking time away from your responsibilities to relax. Right. Because I think we all need that. And everybody does it differently. Um, yes. This is just another, I say, just another tool in your tool belt mm -hmm. to help you throughout your, you know, your, your journey through life. You know, right. for some people, they may... This may just be a one-time thing that they get to connect. Other people, I may have opened a door to something even bigger for them. So that's what I'm hoping because I know someone did that for me back in 2018. And so I just want to keep passing that on and paying it forward. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> have you always been artistic in this realm? You mentioned that somebody <laughs> turned this on for you in 2018, but yeah. what? In what way? Like making you see that this was a way that you could express yourself and escape or more of really bringing out that artistic side of you? Did you already have that? So it's so funny. I actually have a degree in chemistry. So you would think <laughs> <laughs> that I never used, but you would never think for someone that uses so much of that left brain that that, that would right. be something. But it's funny because my mother, when I told her that I was going to business as an artist, of course, they were surprised. They weren't sure what that was all about. But my mom did uh, like uncover something I wrote as a kindergartner saying, you know, you write these things of what I want to be when I grow up. And it yeah. said artist <gasps> on it. And it was just, she's like, you always did say you wanted to do that. And we were just like, oh, you know, it's, it's a cute thing, you know. But I am not formally trained. I just picked it up. I actually took a, and it wasn't 2018, I'm sorry, it was 2016. I took a class on modern calligraphy and I was pregnant with my youngest son and I was just going crazy. I just needed something like outside of home, outside of my duties that I just wanted to escape just for two hours <laughs> to do something. So I took it and it really unlocked something in me. And I've always loved the arts as a kid. Even in college, I took an art history class and I thought, oh, how cool would that be? But it's something that I think society has what you should be doing or you see what careers are successful mm. and get that easy money or that big money and you don't you kind of sometimes push the things that bring you joy and passion aside because of that and so that was my case I mean it wasn't yeah. until later in life that that door opened that I could do it and I'm very grateful and blessed that I can do it with what you know the situation i am in now so no i just i never formally took a class I, i'm all self-taught and i mean i enjoy it i really love it so yeah awesome. it's just funny how life you know turns out for you as a kindergartner you wanted to be an artist and here you are yeah <laughs> so silly yeah but you know i love it i love doing it well tell us a little bit about growing up what were yeah. you what were you like as a kid what was your family life gosh where do i even start <laughs> i'm like where do i start so my parents actually came from, my parents are both Filipino. They came from the Philippines at a very young age here to the U.S. And they settled in California. That's where they met. They're junior high sweethearts, I believe. And, you know, they, they had me at a very young age. And so I was born in California, but my father joined the military right out of high school to help support our family. And so he did, he did the army thing for 21 years. So, you know, people always have that question, where are you from? And I'm like, it's kind of tricky, right. you know, because many I, places, right. I grew up, I mean, I was born in California and most of my family lives there, but that's not where I am. I moved out of there when I was two. Yeah. So I always say I was born in California, grew up in the South because there was a lot of States my father was stationed in that were in the South. So did that whole thing, moved around a lot went to college. I was a single mom. I was very young when I had my oldest. I have three kids, but my oldest, you know, I got pregnant at 17 and just just decided I was that wasn't going to change me. I was very adamant that I was going to still be successful in my eyes as much as I could. And so finished high school, went into college, graduated, you know, got my degree in chemistry. From there, just I thought, okay, I'm going to be this chemist. I'm going to work for NASA. And then, <laughs> you know, because I had that thought, okay, well, I've got to provide for my child, right? And, and this so, is what success looks like. This is what success looks like. And so then God sent me my husband 
who was military and I was like, oh no, like this is not <laughs> what I was, again. yeah, I'm not doing this again. You know, I love the, the moving around, I do. Yeah. But I didn't know if that was what I wanted for my kids and I didn't know how they would react to that. But he was great, we got married and I'm still moving around. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, I think that it, it's a blessing because I've got to meet so many different people with so many points of views and just being open to that has taught me so much. And like having my son at a very young age taught me how to be resilient and how your, your situations don't always have to make you. You don't have to fall into whatever those stereotypes might be. And for me, you know, I was like, well, I'm still a hard worker. I'm still a great student. That's not gonna change me. I'm still gonna go and get my degree. I was just very persistent about that. And I've always kind of been that way. Like if I have my eyes set on something, it's really hard for me to, for you to tell me otherwise. So, right. right. Yeah. So going back to your pregnancy at 17, yeah. how did your parents respond to that? My uh, first husband was Filipino, so I have a little bit of an idea yeah. of what that family can be like and, yeah. and sort of what the expectation can be like. What, yeah. How did they respond? So it was, it was kind of, I mean, it was devastating and it was devastating for me too, because growing up as a in a very traditional Asian household, it's all how it looks on the outside. Yes. And you want it to do, you really want to do well for more of the family mm -hmm. than even yourself. Like you just want to do the things to make everybody proud. And that's a lot of pressure, honestly, for a kid. And so when that happened, you know, it, it was really hard, but I'm very grateful. My mother and my father both let me stay and they Good. were able to help you know, and my mom was like, you just do keep doing the things and we'll help you in as far as, you know, like medical and things like that. Yeah. And I'm very grateful for that. Like I said, I, there are things I know that I had help from other people. I didn't do anything all by myself, which I'm grateful for. But it also like your mindset is, I'm going to make sure that because these people are doing these things for me, that mm -hmm. nothing's changed. I'm right. still the same person. So that I, there have been like proud moments of obviously having my first one, you know, his birth. But even after that, me just being on the stage, graduating with honors in high school and people, you know, my mother still says, I remember that a girl sitting behind me saying, wasn't she pregnant? Like <laughs> she was like, yeah, she was, she was. And she still, and she still did, did it. And so, yeah. you know, and so I am grateful for that, but it is hard. It really is very difficult to, to live up to someone else's standards. And I've learned yes. that over time, it's more important to really stick to what makes you, you, and just to pursue that. And so at the time that was me though. And I think about it, I'm like, I love chemistry. It's probably why I like making paint too, because yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> it's a little bit of both sides of my brain. And, you know, I think that that's, it's just an interesting way of how it's kind of evolved until now. My family, they're, they're great, but it was rough at the beginning. And I think it wasn't until I had to prove to not only myself and to them, that nothing was going to change, that I still have goals and dreams and that wasn't going to change. And I want to make sure that it's the best example for my oldest as well. Yeah. yeah. And how old is he? So he's going to be 21 at the end of this month. Oh my yeah. goodness. I didn't mean to age you there. What yeah. I was thinking is, Angeline got pregnant when she was five. Yeah. Uh, because, yeah. because you do look so young. Oh. I remember the first time you told me you had yeah. a son that old. I was just flabbergasted. Yeah. Because... Everybody's like, well, how old did you have? Yeah, that's yes. usually what they say to me. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, he he's 21. Then we have our daughter who's 13 and then our youngest who is six so I always tell my husband like they're spaced out a lot like seven years yes. each apart so I'm like we've got to this is it <laughs> this is the end but you know they it's interesting to have three kids in three different stages of life yeah. and to see how I raise the oldest is so different than how like what my youngest is growing up in the kind of society and the world that he is growing up in is completely different and so it's, you have to pivot just like anything else. You have to pivot. So it's all a learning experience. Yes, it is. Mm. Um, 
So did you do anything with the chemistry degree after <laughs> college? No. Okay. Just, just <laughs> no. check in on that. No. But that's okay. No. You were, you, you, you married in military and mm -hmm. was that right out of college or was there some so, time in between? Right after college, I had just graduated and I met Mark a month after. Okay. And so we got married very short. It, I think we had like a year of dating and then we got married. I wanted to do the whole chemistry thing, but it's hard because with the military lifestyle, we move every two to three years, yeah. depending on what he's doing. And so it's a, it was hard for me to an establish a career somewhere and I needed something, you know, and I didn't know what at the time. I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, what should I do? And he's like, well, just take care of the kids and be a stay home mom. And that's great. Like. <laughs> It's wonderful, but at the time I had like I didn't know what to do with myself. I was at, I I was a stay-at-home mom. I'm like, okay, so all I do is take care of the kids. Like, is there? And I really, again, I always need something for myself away from everything else that everybody's expecting of me. And so I was like, okay, well, I started blogging. It's so funny. I started blogging when we were stationed in Fort Huachuca in Arizona. And I just love the idea of writing. So I did that for a little bit. I've bounced around with a few things, but this is definitely where I want to stay. It's been great. So. Well, and I can see that it's your passion. I, I love all your little clips of showing how your <laughs> paints are being made yeah. and all of that. I think that's so cool yeah. to show that. And I hadn't really thought about the chemistry. It, totally makes sense that you would make your own paints. Yeah. I've always been a huge nerd about why things are the way they are. And so now I'm kind of diving into like, what are the benefits of painting and tapping into your creative side? And what does that do to your brain and things like that? And I, I find that fascinating because I think sometimes you've got to show people both sides. You, you never mm -hmm. know what student you're going to get. And so some people will come in there and they're like, oh, I can't, you know, I'm just, they were just dragged there right. by a friend. <laughs> She's like, I can't draw a stick figure. And I'm like, I just want you to enjoy, like, just enjoy it with yeah. me. Just enjoy this time that you're not asked to do anything, but this one thing for yourself. Yeah. And so, you know, it's really hard because we, in the age of social media, we have a tendency to compare, right? Mm -hmm. And I, that's always the number one rule is you can't compare your work. I don't ever want to hear, you know, yours looks better than mine because, and what I always tell my students is if they're, you know, if Monet and Van Gogh were the same, how boring would that be? You know, the styles are different for reasons. I don't want your work to look like mine because it's not going to. We're yeah. two different people, so. Right. Going back to that, not identifying as a creative person or not identifying as right. a creative person, Identity and identity shifts is something that I really enjoy talking about. Yeah. I know that I mentioned disruption. That's another word I love. Yeah. The concept of these things happen in our lives that mm -hmm. change us right. and, uh, and how we view ourselves. I've also seen where it can, the disruptions that we can create in another person's life mm -hmm. and how it affects them. When you had your son, your mm -hmm. first son, mm -hmm. and were looking at, okay, I'm not going to let this change, mm -hmm. you know, the identity that I am. Mm -hmm. I am this person and I, here's what success looks like and these are the steps that I'm going to take mm -hmm. to become successful. How did that change when you got married and were, you know, Mark yeah. said, okay, you can be a stay-at-home mom. Right. I think for many women that would be Oh, that's ideal. I want to stay right. home with my kids. Right. What were you thinking in that process of changing, you know, shifting your identity from I'm going to do something outside the home right. to now I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom? At first it felt very I felt very boxed in, mm -hmm. which is really hard. It was like, "Oh, now now I don't have like I almost felt like I didn't have a choice. Like this is what I'm going to be doing." But I feel like at the, as time was going on and I had this outlet of blogging then it felt like it was more freeing in that okay I'm still the same person I'm just there's a different outlet like my dreams have changed they they yeah. continually I mean you know my husband's a planner he likes to plan out years out and 
I'm not that way. Like I can only think maybe it's the military kid in me. I'm like, why would I plan out like in 10 years? Cause I don't know where I'm going to live in 10 right. years. I feel like I'm constantly changing and to be okay with that. Because I think some people, they feel like, okay, it's all over. Cause I'm not doing what I had initially wanted to do, or I'm a failure because I'm not initially doing what I had planned to do. You're not a failure. You just need to pivot make, change it up a little and it's okay to do that it's okay and if it did fail what did you learn from it and move from that and so for me it was just it felt at first very conflicting but then when I looked at it in a different way which has kind of been always my thing is perspective when I looked at it in a different perspective as okay you may not change the world with other people in this like grand you know ideal job but you can still change and make a difference at home mm -hmm. right and so i'm a mom but to show my kids that i can pivot and to show them that you know just because this was where i started doesn't mean that that's where my end result needs to be has been a great thing for me to think about because i think sometimes as a stay-at-home mom you feel like i'm what world like what am I changing am I changing the world in this house when I'm doing dishes <laughs> like, <laughs> right. dishes laundry not never ending laundry right. I think that if you see that as a superpower that you are actually affecting the people around you even if it, you know because we always want to do big things outside of Williamsburg right you want to change the world but you have to start somewhere small small steps start with yourself mm -hmm. and then your family and then your neighborhood and start looking at that and that's been something I've had to teach myself that Angeline is still Angeline there's not she's still a hard worker a big dreamer but they can shift and now I like I said now I've made it where I can look at my goals and really see that I can still make a huge difference. Cause that, I think that's part of my personality is like, yeah. I want to leave a lasting impact or a legacy, yeah. whether it's the community, my family or the world. I would love to do the world, <laughs> but you know, you never know. Well, there's nothing that says you haven't changed the world. Honestly, right. <laughs> if you look at it in terms of the ripple effect, right? like you were saying, you start small, you start with yourself and then you move to your family and you go out into the community there is a ripple effect. So you are changing the world by raising your children in a certain way to be right. a certain type of individual right. and look at the world a certain way. And I absolutely, there's nothing that says that your kids won't, you know, do <laughs> yeah. something more grand, but even if it isn't, even if we are not doing something grand, mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that we aren't changing right. I, the world around us. I definitely agree with that. Cause I think that even if I never, and that's where I've, I think I've come to terms with it is even if I never see it, yeah. if I never actually live long enough to see what I've done in the past, that's okay. You know, it's, can I just, you know, one step at a time, one day at a time, mm -hmm. um, but it's just been, like I said, it's a journey. It's so nice to go back and look at what I've done in the past and see how it's changed me up until this point and what I continue to do and what I can want to do in the future. One of the things that you touched on it, as far as being a military wife is, you know, moving often. What is that like? I mean, that's almost like an identity change every couple of years in a way. Yeah. I mean, you, you obviously have done a good job of meaning who Angeline is, yeah. but what does that mean? And particularly very interesting, how you said like, well, I couldn't really do anything with the chemistry degree right. because I'm moving. And I have heard that from other military spouses that say, well, nobody wants to hire me to do something because right. I am going to be moving in a couple of years. So why would they put the effort into training, right. bringing you in and getting you up to speed if you aren't going to be around? I think that's so why a lot of us become like small business owners because yeah. it's just like, 
it's hard. It is a bit of an identity shift when you go somewhere. And it's kind of funny because now I'm like, I think I took that as an advantage as a kid because I'm like, I'm moving somewhere new. Nobody knows who I am. I could just reinvent myself. That's very much the artist in me. Like you could just reinvent yourself. And I I even tell that to my daughter. You're going to be the mysterious new kid. And so just to kind of get her to look, I always try to look at the bright side of things. Yes. I think that's always been how I am. And some people could totally think it's annoying, but I, I mean, if not, I mean, there's so much negativity in the world, why not? <laughs> but moving as much as I have and, and being a wife. So it was different as a kid. Now mm-hmm. that I am a, an adult and I'm a spouse and I'm a mother, it, you have to look at it a little differently. And it is disheartening sometimes. Like you're like, okay, I have this degree, but no one will invest like you said i've had so many people i've had wives who you would never know they have their doctorate that just don't use it and it's it's interesting because it's like what is my identity now now that i've been put in this situation and you are trying to be supportive of your spouse too it's not a easy job to do what they do you're trying to upkeep the house (laughs) and raise the kids it's a lot I think that's why being my own business owner was so attractive because I was like, okay, well, I can take this wherever we go. Yes, I have to restart and find new, you know, new students and things like that. But I always find the challenges fun. I don't know. I'm like, okay, well, that's just, it's a new place. It's a new challenge. Let's do it. So I, I think that that's just, it's just, again, pivoting, trying to say, okay, well, that's who I was then. I mean, you're always constantly changing. You're always in different stages of life. You go from being a mom of little kids to mom of middle school or high school or college. You are really changing if you think about it and your identity shifts a little bit every single time. Um, So I think that if you just take it as, well, I'm always changing, then you just take on that challenge and you just go for it. It's not easy, but I think that, like I said, being my own business owner makes it easier I will say it's always, you know, all the different state laws are, are not fun. Right. <laughs> like having to go to a new state and figure out what their business, small business things are. Starting over is, is hard. But I think that's where online things, like I teach online classes and I'm trying to yeah. push that now because I'm thinking, well, I like being in person. I like that connection the most, but at the same time, because I'm a military wife, all of my friends and other people are all over the country. So it's kind of like, well, it makes sense to do things online. Right. But just have your options open, I think, and just be able to change and pivot is, is key. That is definitely key and keeping that in mind. What advice would you give to, to anybody, not yeah. necessarily a military spouse, but what advice do you give to somebody who's moving to a new location to integrate to the new community or Mm -hmm. particularly if you, let's say, already have a business, Mm -hmm. what are the things that you would do to get yourself out there and meet new people, make yourself known in a new community? Before you get to your next destination, it really helps like whoever is your significant other, everybody be on board and be excited, like to build that, that excitement up, see what you could do in that area. But the best way as far as a business owner is there's a chamber of commerce that's great networking that way find facebook groups there you know and that's what's great about social media is you can find people in all places parts of the country and just ask hey this is what i do is there any way i can connect with someone else in that area being open to new opportunities it's very scary and people think that I'm an introvert, so like normally I do not want to do that kind of thing. (laughs) I don't want to put myself out there. I'm really uncomfortable with it. But I think that's, again, part of where the military has helped a little bit and being able to move around is it it quickly makes you, you have to, you have to like integrate fast or you're pretty much going to perish. That's like what you think. You think like, I've got to get in there real quick and make friends real fast and then asking people for help. I think that's really hard sometimes as a business owner to ask for help, but that's really important too. In what aspect have you found that asking for help has been difficult, but when you did it, it was a blessing? 
so I'm the worst at asking for help, really. And I think it's part of my upbringing, too. Mm -hmm. Because if you ask for help, going back to the mode of thinking about what things look like on the outside, mm -hmm. if you ask for help, that's admitting that you don't necessarily know what you're doing. You right. are weak. You know, that is a common misconception. Yeah. So, of course, you have a challenge <laughs> in doing that. Do you have any examples of a time when you oh, man. <laughs> put yourself out there, ask for help, and it really changed your perspective on that? I think it was when I first it was here, when I first was part of a mastermind group with other business women, and we had to say the things that went well and then something that didn't go so well and then like try to ask for help with that. For me, it was really hard and I don't think they realized it, how hard <laughs> it was to say my challenges. It's gotten a lot easier now. But when I was asking for, like I need venue, I need help finding a place, if you guys could help me out with that. And they jotted down and then one of the girls like came back and was like, hey, just do it here. And I was just like, I would have never even thought of asking her because again I don't ask for help right. so even just putting myself out there now it's gotten easier for me to contact venues and be like look I could really see doing something here would you guys be interested but that was really difficult but it became a huge blessing that was the place I first did my art workshop and I love it there well I think it's really awesome to share that of course, that, that can be a very hard thing to do, right. asking for help. Right. And not just in your business, but in life in general. This is my own interpretation. I've not been a military spouse. Yeah. I have two brothers that were in the Air Force. My father was in the service way back when. I think that from talking with other women who have moved around a lot, this is an outsider's perspective, is I noticed that military wives tend to be drawn to each other. Yeah. And I'm sure that much of that is you have that very similar identity mm -hmm. that you understand what's going on mm -hmm. and what the transitions are like and some some sympathy for those that are mm -hmm. coming in new to the community and so you are more welcoming. Right. I'm wondering where going outside of that mm -hmm. circle mm -hmm. is challenging, right? It's funny because Yes and no. Maybe in the earlier part of my husband's career, sure. at the very, very early part of it. My father was enlisted and so we did everything on post. So yeah. we were surrounded by military families all the time. My husband's officer, we make a little bit more money so we could live off post. And so that was different because it was like, he's in the army, but, but when it comes to social things, not so much, you know? Okay. And, and he switched over to something, you know, where his job is a little different. Looking back on it, I, I really feel like a lot of the experiences of living off post and being around other, like even in this neighborhood, being around different people from different branches and not even military. Mm -hmm. Some people who maybe work for the military as a contractor, but I've always felt like we all have something in common. You know, I'm just always looking for people who just want to have fun with life and who like a good challenge and love a deep conversation. <laughs> like I'm not the kind of person who's like, let's talk about the weather. Like right. I want to talk about everything about your childhood and, <laughs> you know, and they're like, okay, that's just who I am. I think that I just crave a good story and it helps me really appreciate the person on a deeper level because I think it's sometimes if we just talk about surface things. Yeah. There's really no connection there. I mean, we could talk about what Netflix thing we're watching, but like with this podcast, you're asking me these questions about like my, my upbringing. So I do feel like it's comfortable with the military, but I feel like God has prepared me for more than that. Another thing that like I'm really pretty passionate about is mental health. And that's kind of why I love this art thing is like, telling people this is great what you can do with this and especially telling mothers like there's sometimes I'll paint with my daughter and because she's painting and not looking directly at me she can open up so my daughter's 13 oh, right yes. she's 13 she's at that age where they come in and I say you know how is school and she's like fine upstairs I'm like okay 
That's again, surface. I'm like, I want something deeper. Like tell me about the drama, <laughs> something, something that happened. I'll say that at workshops and moms will instantly connect to that because they're like, oh, because nowadays anxiety levels have been through the roof for mm. a lot of kids um, and even adults too. This is a great way to help one relieve stress. And if you need your kids to open up, if you're painting together, they're not looking directly at you so they can open up. And my girlfriend who works with kids is like, yeah, I use art all the time for kids who are like struggling with stuff. Again, another tool in your belt. It's not yeah. something, it's just, you don't know what could help somebody. I think I mentioned to you in the past with my brother's history of depression and him committing suicide at a young age, it's very dear to my heart because I find that it's easier now to talk about it than it was back then. But that's why I'm just, I'm like, look, if this is something that can help you and your kids and help open that conversation and connect to your kids more, by all means, use it. That's such a great suggestion. Yeah. I never thought about that, but there is something about having your hands busy. Your guard is your down, guard a, is down mm -hmm. a little more if you're doing yeah. something creative. That's an interesting tool to share. It's interesting to see even just the quietness of it because everything's so chaotic and so loud and yes. there's just, we're just bombarded with all, probably too many choices, right? You've got like yeah. all the streaming services and like all the things you could be doing, but it, it's just interesting what unlocks when your hands are busy and in art, we call it the flow state. It's a meditative thing. It's one minute you're painting and you look at the clock and it's two hours later. Like you just get into that state and it's so relieving. It's so, it's such a calming experience, which is fun. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to getting to one of your <laughs> courses because I, I really do think that we all need that. And yeah, I, yeah it's on my, it's on my list for this year. I yeah. need to find one that works with my schedule. But um, I also want to just touch back to you mentioned your brother yeah. uh, had fought with depression and um, you share the story yeah. about that? Yeah, so my brother was younger than me. Mm -hmm. It was just the two of us and I was not perfect, but that was his thought was she's the older sister. She gets all the good grades. She does everything they ask, which is a lot of pressure for my brother and so he was actually super super creative in the sense of he was a gifted artist could sketch and draw with no problem but he was also one of those people where people would just gravitate to him so i was always envious like he didn't he would just sit there and sketch and just kids just i mean he just had yeah. that personality but living again i guess it was what he felt was really really harsh expectations no one's perfect, but you always feel like you have to be this perfect kid. And it's also hard being a military kid because your father has this role. It was rough, but you know, he did, he did ask for help, which I'm grateful for. And so he was seeing a therapist, but it was just too much, too much for him. And so he passed away at 15, right before his 16th birthday. Oh. And we talk about pivot moments in life. Mm -hmm. And my pregnancy, yeah, but I felt I felt like I was still Angeline along that. When that happened, it was a complete like, okay, I'm I'm completely done doing what other people want me to do in my life. That burden on him was mm -hmm. so heavy and so much. I was like, I'm if I'm going to learn anything from this, this is what it's going to be. And um which I'm so I mean, I wish she was here, but I wouldn't have it any, any other way. You know, it's hard because with depression, they are suffering. I always tell people, you don't know what someone's going through unless you've been in that situation. So I hate to put judgment on anybody, whatever choices they make in life, yeah. unless I've been through that myself. And so for us to have a suicide in an Asian family is, is, it's hard. It's I'm different. Sure. Yeah, it's very difficult. I mean, it's difficult for any family. Yes. But it was kind of like outing like, your dirty laundry, yes, right? It's yes. The uh, world is now seeing, seeing their, that there that it's not perfect. The facade is now gone. Yes. It was hard, but at the same time, like our family 
really did grow closer because of that. We opened up conversations that were not before talked about. I think that being like my father was in the military when that happened, that kind of opened up the conversation to other military families that were nearby that had kids around wow. his age, you know, yeah. just to be mindful. Because at that time, we weren't thinking, okay, young kids are dealing with it. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you think of adults having issues with depression. Well, depression, yeah. I think, in that time frame, people were yeah. becoming more aware that this is actually more common than right. anybody had ever let on. Right. The, the conversation about depression in general was probably sort of just opening up at yeah. that point. And it was more about adults having right. challenges with that, not children. That's really wonderful yeah. that it was able to open up those conversations. Yeah, I definitely think it helped everybody see that this is something that we just have to take seriously. And in a way, probably my kids are a little annoyed by <laughs> my heightened sense because anytime I get a little inkling that something's off mm -hmm. and every mother has that intuition, I'm always like, Jaden, you've got to tell me what's going on. Something's off. And, you yeah. know, she's kind of just like, I would just want to be left alone. You know, like, she wants me to back off. But I have a hard time doing that because it's hard enough to go through it the first time. I don't yeah. want to have to go through it again. And so it has taught me to be a little bit more aware of that. But also to see, like I said, the biggest pivot was I am no longer doing what someone else wants for me because... I want to make you happy. I needed to make myself and what was good for my family too. And a lot of times people, I think we get this guilt as women, like if we take care of ourselves or we do something for ourselves that we've somehow let our family or kids, like we're not fully there for them. Mm -hmm. But you can't be there for someone else if you can't take care of yourself first, right? right. You've got to take care of yourself first. And I think you know, that goes for anything, for learning to love someone, you know, having good friendships and strong friendships. You have to know how to take care of yourself first because your kids know when you're not yourself or that something's bothering you or your spouse knows that. So yeah. my husband always knows, like, it's two things. When was the last time you read your Bible and when was the last time <laughs> you've been painting? Those are usually those are two in the same. Like okay. I do both of those together, but I was like, he can always tell when I'm off, yeah. when my patience is short. And he's like, just go up there, go to the studio. You just go up in there and get a little bit of time. And I know what he does too, to get the stress right. out. That's such an important message. Yeah. I think that there's a lot of talk about self-care these days. You know, when you say something over and over, you sort of get to the point where it's like, oh, that's so trendy, that it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> right. But it's really interesting to revisit where that comes from and why it's so important. We do need to take care of ourselves. It's like the old adage of putting on the, the oxygen mask first mm -hmm. before you help, help someone, someone else, else. because yeah. we are expected to give to other people and do for other people um, that has been ingrained and particularly as women and mm -hmm. not to only say that, that women have the expectations because right. certainly men have their own expectations right. yeah. but we really do have to fill our own cup first before we can um, share with others and support yeah. and I like that else. you mentioned that a same thing with men too mm -hmm. whether they have their own set of what's this yeah, what expect, society expects yeah. From them. which is not I mean I I can only imagine like I'm glad that I can cry whenever I feel like right. it right and right. just let that because that again is an emotional stress release yes. I think I came across a you know because I'm always on Instagram but like a, a meme and it said something about rest and it was just like all these different forms of rest like even painting or a good cry like these things are yes. something we don't we don't, I mean, because we incorporate rest as being lazy. If I'm taking some time off, you feel guilty because you're like, okay, I should be. There's like a whole load of laundry. I've got this blog post maybe to write. But I think what's interesting was to see rest in different forms because rest is different for everybody. I was like, well, that's interesting. I like that because I think people need to see that rest doesn't have to look like my rest. Right. right. For me, it's going yeah. up and painting right. um, and painting something for me, not for, <laughs> for anybody, not for anybody else. else, like something which I, I think is interesting, too, because 
as an artist, we feel like we have to create something and share it. Mm-hmm. Like everyone should see it. But I've gotten really excited about painting stuff and not sharing it, like just putting it aside um, and not taking a picture of it and not editing that picture. Like, you know, just I not know. putting myself through the I hands of I see what you're wheel. putting out there on social media <laughs> and you're so great at it and I love seeing all your work, but I'm thrilled to know that you keep some things to yourself. When I started doing the business, I was doing something called Bible journaling, which was creating art in my Bible or just journaling in general. So, yeah. and I would share that all the time. And I felt like this is not, it was taking away from my experience right? because I was just creating for someone else. Again, I was doing something for someone else. I was not doing it for myself. And you know, when you're journaling, or you're meditating, or in my case, I was Bible journaling, that is a very intimate time. It's very personal. And I was like, this doesn't feel right that I'm sharing this because that defeats the whole purpose of what this should really be. Well, either you're sharing something extremely personal, or you're editing yourself Right. Which means you're not getting as much out of the experience probably as you could have if you weren't thinking about, oh, what will someone think if they read this? Or I don't want to share the most personal parts of my journaling Mm -hmm. with the world. Right. Definitely. I've learned that things just do better when they're organic and they're just more authentic and real because as a business owner, you do things because this is, you know, you've been told, well, you've got to do this many posts or you've got to, but you know, you've got to keep putting out content. And I'm like, this is just, it's a lot, right. you know? So I just find it, if I'm not feeling it, then it probably won't happen. And that's okay. You know, I'm, I'm grateful that the community of people I do have, and that I do get to have on both social media and, with our dots and dust customers, just they they come for me, and I like that. I like the yeah. fact that they're just kind of like other little friends. Like we had a lady come down from uh, Pennsylvania to one of my workshops, and she has been a follower for a while, and that was the sweetest thing in the world because I was like, I get to hug you in real life, oh. <laughs> and it was just a lot of fun. You never know what your story or what you're doing is how it can impact someone else, and if you're putting yourself out there as a business owner. I think the best advice I could give any business owner is make sure your story is always connected to what you're doing that you're, because that's so much people are wanting to be around the person. It's not always the product you're selling. It's definitely where is the story and the heart behind everything you're doing. Speaking right into my soul (laughs) right now. That is a message that I really try to impart to my coaching clients that It doesn't matter how many other people are out there doing what you do. Mm -hmm. You are the difference. You are the magic difference. Right. Because we are not meant for everyone, but the people we are meant for need us. Right. So I've been a firm believer in that. So story has always been so much a part of what I do. Even with the paint making, all of our little paint sets have a story behind them. They're all named after something. One of them, it's called Elementary, my dear, and it's like all of the different like primary colors, like colors you would use in kindergarten. But it's called that because I've moved to so many different schools in my life, and I used to get really, really excited about new school supplies because You know, new school, new supplies, that was kind of my thing. So each of the sets have a name and they have a story. It's a family owned business, so my husband does, he helps out a lot. But it's so funny when he's like, you should have a set like for Halloween or something. You know, it's coming and that would be great. But I'm like, there's no story. There's no story to go with that. There's nothing deep that I can connect to. If I can't connect to it, then it's a no-go. It's more important. So, I mean, because that's what I feel passionate about. Because again, if you're passionate about it, you're passionate about the story, then it's easy to quote unquote market. It doesn't feel like marketing. You're just sharing it, right? So I think that's like the biggest thing and what I love about it. Oh, thank you so much. Angelina, this has been such a great conversation. Oh, I'm so uh, I'm just as passionate about a deep conversation <laughs> as you are. So this just hits such a 
a joy in me to to have these conversations. And I appreciate you being so open about all of the things that you have shared with us today. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me. This has been so fun and such an honor. So thank you. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Angeline. She is such a beautiful soul, and the challenges she faced as a teen mom, combined with the loss of her brother at such a young age, have truly shaped the woman she has become. One of my favorite lessons from Angeline is the use of painting, or other creative endeavors, as a way to connect with those we love in a way that may not be possible with a straightforward conversation. The quiet that comes from using our hands can be beneficial to us in so many ways. I definitely intend to incorporate more of this into my life. The idea we must project a perfect life to the world has been magnified with the growth of social media and is certainly not limited to the Asian community. We can take inspiration from Angeline's conviction that we do not have to be or do what society or our loved ones feel we should. We are shifting into a new paradigm of authenticity and vulnerability that I believe will allow more and more people to step into their real identities with confidence. I love working with entrepreneurs, particularly women, but not exclusively, to guide them through this paradigm shift. There is no magic blueprint that works for every business, and trying to do everything we've been told we must do to succeed is an exhausting and lonely existence. If you'd like to have someone to listen to your unique challenges and provide support and strategies specific to your vision, I'd love to talk to you. You can schedule a chat with me through the link in the show notes to see if I'm the right advisor for you. If you'd like to be part of my community, you can subscribe to my newsletter to be notified of new episodes, get business advice and recommendations, and be the first to know when I have something new to share. You can connect with Angeline at Dots and Dust on Instagram, and dotsanddust.com. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at I am Sarah Larson. That's Sarah with an H, Larson with an E. All social media and website links are in the show notes. If you liked this episode, please subscribe and share it with friends so more people can benefit from these conversations. If you feel inclined to leave a five-star review, I would be very grateful. Reviews and subscribers feed the algorithms and mean that more people will discover and be encouraged by this podcast. Thank you, friends. See you next time.